Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Well, the month of December has arrived. You know what that means? That means it's Kodo Cinema Christmas Month. That's right, folks. Kodo Cinema Christmas Month is back in action. And I got some movies to talk about, whether it's Christmas movies or movies that take place around Christmas time or, or a mix of both. And one of the films that I want to talk about to kickstart Kodo, Kodo Cinema Christmas Month is the movie Elf. When it comes to Christmas movies, Elf is one of them. And um, now the movie itself, Elf, is a 2003 American Christmas comedy film directed by John Favreau. And it stars Will Ferrell as Buddy, a human raised by Santa's elves who learns about his origins and heads to New York City to meet his biological father. Now, the movie Elf uh, features a, a supporting cast, which includes James Caan, Zoe De Deschanel, Mary C. Burgeon, Edward Asner, and Bob Newhart. And of course, as I mentioned, Will Ferrell as the Elf himself, Buddy, Buddy the Elf. And, and the film was released on November 7th, 2003 which is basically celebrating its 20th anniversary so so that is some so there is something right there like there is something right there like elf is celebrating 20 years i mean isn't that amazing on prior to the film's release on november 7th of 2003 the the film became a major critical and commercial success grossing $220 million worldwide against a $33 million budget. And of course, Will Ferrell's performance as Buddy the Elf was praised by critics and audiences alike, with many calling it one of his best performances. I mean, obviously, Will Ferrell, like, he has done a lot of comedy. He has done a lot of comedy roles, including his, including, including Saturday Night Live, because Will Ferrell also, also was also a, uh, was also a member of Saturday Night Live as well, and of course, and he went on. He went on to do. He went on to. He went on to do other films as well. He also had uh, have the. You also had the Anchorman movies, which features Ron Burgundy that Will Ferrell played. You also have Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, and of course, you also have Step Brothers. He even he even played the man with the yellow hat in Curious George. He 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 also appeared in the Barbie movie as well, and of course many other and of course many other roles as well. I mean, there, he has he has he has appeared in many different movies, but of course one of his most famous roles is Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf, and and of course as I mentioned, um, is the film is directed by John Favreau and. 
Is it, and John Favreau, like he he he's not only a director, but he's also an actor as well. He appeared in in films. He appeared in films such as Rudy, the two thousand three Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. He he even appeared in the in the Replacements, which is a uh, football movie, by the way, including Wolf of Wall Street. But one of his most famous roles is Happy Hogan from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with the first Iron Man movie, to which John Favreau directed not not just the first Iron Man movie, but also Iron Man 2, and, and directed two of the live-action Disney remakes of The Jungle Book and The Lion King. He even, he even directed Cowboys and Aliens with, with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Plus, he was also he was also executive producer and writer for the live action Star Wars spin-off The Mandalorian. I mean, he, John Favreau has done a lot has done a lot of film and TV projects. And he's been going and and uh, and he's been he's been he's been involved in a lot of projects. But Elf, Elf was one of his was while Elf is not the first Film that he directed. I mean, he has directed. He has directed a. He has directed a couple of films before Elf. So Elf wasn't the the first film that he directed, but it is one of his. Uh, one of his. One one of his. One of his famous films that he directed. Besides, besides Iron Man, Elf was another another film that he that he got involved in. Plus, he had a cameo as well. But anyway, the film itself, like the film's success, the su the success of the film. Inspired a 2010 Broadway musical, which is called Elf the Musical, including NBC's 2014 stop-motion animated television special, Elf's Buddy Musical Christmas, and of course, and and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure a couple of other things as well. But the film itself it has it has been hailed by many as a modern classic and is often listed as one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. I mean. Elf is one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. While while it's not the greatest Christmas movie, it's one of the greatest Christmas movies. It's up there with a Christmas. It's up there with a Christmas story. It and it's a, a it's a Wonderful Life and a few other and a few other movies as well. Now, just to give him my brief background, I have I have I have seen this movie multiple times, like around the holidays, and it's a it's it's amazing. I had fun with this movie. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie to. It's a fun movie to watch around the holidays. I mean, like I said, Will Ferrell's performance as Buddy the Elf is 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 great and funny too at the same time. And and what I just realized and and just to give some background, but going behind the scenes, um, Will Ferrell was not the first actor to play Buddy. Chris Farley and Jim Carrey were also um, early candidates to play Buddy because the. The script for the for Elf was was written in in the 90s, so like in 1993, and uh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, and Chris Farley were were early candidates to play Buddy. Jim Carrey and Chris Farley were early candidates to play to put to play Buddy. Unfortunately, the the screenplay underwent underwent re rewrites, so the script the script was rewritten multiple times. And um and uh, and then and then the and then the whole idea and then actually why well, I, I actually found out that that the script was was much darker and it didn't interest John Favreau so he 
so he de so he decided he so uh so a rewrite was in order so there's the rewrite right there so so the film was rewritten to be more lighthearted and funny and i'm actually glad that this is this is the, i'm actually glad that happened because i can't imagine how different the elf how different the movie elf would have been if it, if it had a much darker tone like i can't imagine how different that would be i i, I can't i can't imagine how different elf would have would have been if it was dark but i really enjoyed the lighthearted tone and the comedy that um, that Will Ferrell brought in, including John Favreau, and um, and of course, uh, during the rewrite process, like uh, Favreau, Favreau, John Favreau, John Favreau wanted wanted to uh, pay homage to the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, and and to be honest, like I could definitely see that, like. Like the film, the opening of the film, like especially partic most notably in the op in the film's opening, like because the opening of the film, it feels like you're watching uh, you're watching some of the uh some of the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, you know, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, A Year Without a Santa Claus, uh, The Little Drummer Boy, and many other and many other Rankin Bass Christmas specials. I mean, my goodness, like. They have made some of the greatest Christmas specials throughout the uh, throughout the sixties, throughout the sixties and seventies, going into the eighties. Man, that that is that is a different time period where some of the greatest specials come come out during the holidays, and and with the movie Elf paying homage to it, it that is that is that is good. That is something good, and and the film makes heavy use of forced perspective to exaggerate the size of Buddy compared to all the other elves. Stop motion animation stop motion animation was employed for certain sequences. Like most notably most notably in the beginning because in the beginning of the movie uh, in the beginning of the movie it, it's got that uh going back to Rake and Bass and I forgot to mention that and yes, most of the Rake and Bass specials used uh, stop motion animation. Most notably with the most notably with Rudolph, Year Without Santa Claus, and a few other, and a few other specials as well. But they have done, um, but they also have, but they also have done uh, hand drawn animation as well. But but Reagan Bass has also done stop motion animation too for for most of, for many of their for for many of their specials, and um, and the stop motion animation was used for certain sequences for for Elf. Most notably in the op most notably in the opening, and then other parts of the film too. So, and then, and then the CGI, CGI, the CGI usage was kept to a minimum due to Favreau's own preference, something that he would later note he had to fight very hard for. So, so there was very little CGI to which hit or miss at times. Which, to be honest, I mean I can understand that. I, I can understand that, especially when you have um, a character who is basically a human raised by elves up in the North Pole. So, so that kind of makes so you kind of get the so you kind of get the gist right there. So anyway, so anyway, that's a little bit of that's a that's a little bit of my background, but also um, 
but also a little bit about a little bit of the behind the scenes, some of the behind the scenes stories. But anyway, I'm gonna break down the movie. So so let's get to it. So the movie opens up. Obviously, the movie opens up with a narration from um, Papa Elf, who is being played by Bob Newhart, and he gives his opening monologue to um to you know how uh, how elves have three different jobs. You know, like one of them is basically uh, elves working at a working at a shoe shop. You know the old story where the shoe cobbler is asleep and all the elves come in to um fix the shoes. I forgot what the story of that was. I know it's a fair. I know that one's a based on a uh, popular on a popular fairy tale. I forgot the I forgot the name of the story. But for those um, but for anybody who's listening um, if you know the story of where the where the elves are uh, are fixing up the cobbler's shoes, uh, put in the comments section of what that story was. I completely forgot what it, what it was called. And then um. And then there was another job where elves can bake cookies inside a tree in the forest, which is obviously a jab at the Keeborels because uh, because the Keeborels make cookies inside that tree. Inside that tree, another jab to that is that um, Papa Elf mentioned that that uh, that they have trouble with uh, the, with dry season, to which the dry season in the forest can get burnt up. So so basically, the the tree got burnt up, and all the elves were running away. Which is obviously, like I said, that's a jab at the Keeborels. And then, uh, and then the third job is obviously making toys up in the North Pole, which is basically around Christmas time because the elves are working with Santa Claus. And then, um, and then he keeps going. And then uh, Papa Elf keeps going about the North Pole, obviously saying that the North Pole is obviously the best job, the best place for elves to work at, to el- for elves to work at. Although there were definitely some minor issues where. Um, where the elves try to use uh, gnomes and uh, trolls, although the gnomes uh, drank too much, while while the trolls they weren't toilet trained, but but Papa Papa Elf keeps going, and then he would and then he would go on to tell the story of Buddy the Elf. Right after right after a credit right after a credit montage, because we get an opening credit montage, which. Which pays homage to um pays homage to the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, and I know I already mentioned that already, but that's how that's how this movie opens up, and it's a very good opening. It's give, it gives you that nostalgic vibe. Now it gives you to, it gives you that nostalgic vibe of the past Rankin Bass Christmas specials, but also but also like even after twenty even after twenty years when this movie came out, it's still giving you that nostalgic vibe, like. Especially with that opening credit scene, not just for Rick and Bass, but also, but also for the movie itself, the entire movie as a whole, because the movie itself is nostalgic. Even after 20 years, this movie Elf holds up so well. It holds up so well. So right after the film's opening credits, we it's um we get a, we get we get a scene of the orphanage on Christmas Eve in 1973. Where an orphaned baby crawls into Santa's Santa Claus's sack at the sight of a teddy bear and is unwittingly taken back to the North Pole from from an orphanage. So basically, this is basically a Buddy as as a as a baby, and he crawls into Santa's sack. Although Santa doesn't know, Santa didn't even realize that uh, 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 the baby was inside the sack, and. 
and all the yell and all the yells realize this, including Santa Claus himself. Santa Claus is being played by Edward Asner, who um, who is very well known for playing uh, obviously obviously one of the only obviously one of the roles I remember him from is Carl Fredrickson from Disney Pixar's Up. But yes, he has done other. But yes, Edward Asner has has played other roles as well in in early movies and and the movies that came and, and the movies that came after Elf and Up. So, so, so yes, I under so, but, but, but the role of Santa Claus and Carl Fredrickson are the two only roles that I know. Oh, and, um, and, uh, John, oh, and, uh, Cobra Kai, he also played a role, he, he had a, he, he appeared in three episodes of Cobra Kai, so, so, a few other, so a few other appearances I know of, but still, so yes. Um, Edward Asner plays Santa Claus in the movie Elf, and Edward Asner does, does a very good job. He did, he does a very good job playing Santa Claus in the movie Elf. So Santa realized Santa and the elves realize that um, that the baby is at the North baby is at the North Pole. Even the elves realize this too. Like actually, the elves came up with the name Buddy, like because they see um they see like they see like a uh, name tag some name tag on uh, buddy's diaper that says uh, little buddy diapers and one of the elves is like his name is buddy he must have snuck it snuck into your sack at the orphanage what do we do so um so so santa and the elves were were thinking of what to do until papa elf being played by bob newhart comes comes in and um and decides to uh, adopt Buddy as his um, adoptive father. So, so Buddy is accepted by the elf community, 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 and grows up to adulthood. Adulthood, believing he is an elf, despite being twice the size of every other elf. At, at this, despite the size, despite being twice the size of every other elf. I mean, it really says it. Like the montage, the montage sequence of Buddy. Uh, growing, growing up from being a child to an actual adult, like, like he's really, like he really, he really, like he really develop, he really develops it, like, like even, even, even in one scene, like you see Buddy the Elf in a classroom with, with, with all the other elves, with all the other child elves, they're just reciting the code, the code of the elves, and he's, and it's funny too, it's real funny because he's. He's basically a giant elf in a room full of uh, in a room full of elves who are basically smaller, who are way smaller in size than Buddy the Elf. <laughs> and then um, during that time, uh, uh, Papa Elf was go was gonna make uh, Buddy his apprentice for Santa Sleigh, you know, to like operate Santa Sleigh. Well, I I'm not ride Santa Sleigh, but like to operate, you know, like to start. And then uh, Buddy the Elf will be going into the toy toy making department, making toys, and um, he's having a, he's having a hard time with it too because like he comes to, he soon comes to realize that he's not he he doesn't think that he's a real elf even though yeah he is an he is an elf but he's like not like an elf in size like like. Like even one of I mean the elves realizes it too. Like they don't tell him that he's an he's a human. He's a real life human, even though he's a real life human. Like, 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 like all all the elves realize this too. Like it wasn't until all the all the elves realize this too. And of course, like 
like there one elf named Ming Ming who is being played by Peter Billingsley to which Peter Billingsley played uh, Ralphie in the Christmas story like he had a cameo in this movie like I mean he doesn't tell buddy that he thinks he well actually um well actually he tells one of the he talks to one of the elves that uh, one of the elves tells uh, Ming Ming if he doesn't think that he's a human by now I don't know what I, I don't know what will like he tell like one of the elves tells Ming Ming being played by Peter Bill Billingsley, he tells tells him that if Buddy the Elf doesn't think that he's a human by now, I don't know what will ever happen. And then we get another montage where um we get a montage of Buddy the Elf doing different activities. He was he plays he was in the choir. Yeah, he's basically the baritone. Plays basketball, making all the making all <laughs> making all the baskets and free throws, and of course slam dunks like Buddy the Elf like. Buddy the Elf playing basketball, slam dunking the elves. Oh my goodness! I want to imagine that. And then of course, like having a hard time fitting into, having a hard time, and of course having a hard time falling asleep. But that, but, but, but this is when he comes. But this is when he literally comes to realize that too. Like he he eavesdrops in on that conversation. Like he listens to a conversation of Ming Ming and and one of the and another elf, and then. And then he he starts feeling sick, and then one of the elves came over and says, "Buddy, you don't you don't feel good. Are you okay?" And then Buddy's like, "Yeah, I just need a drink of water." And then Buddy faints, lands on top of the other elf, and then uh, Buddy just runs back to to his elf home, and then he and then he and then he 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 sits alone in the bath bathroom until uh, Papa Elf shows up, and then uh, Papa Elf has a conversation with Buddy the elf like. Like, like he tells Buddy that Buddy was is an actual human who um, left the orphanage as a baby and then got sent up to the North Pole. He even tells him that he has a biological father. He, he tells him that that his real parent that his that he has a biological father named uh, Walter Hobbs, who's being played by James Caan. And Walter Hobbs, um, Walter Hobbs. And his, his and his wife, uh, Susan, I believe. I believe her. I believe Walter's uh, wife, original wife, was Susan Wells. Susan Wells was um, Walter was Walter Hobbs's original uh, Walter Hobbs's original wife, and um, and it turns out that uh, that that Susan put. That it turns out that Su Susan Wells put. Buddy up for adoption prior to her to her death, and Walter is now the and Walter is the executive vice president at Greenway Press, which is a book publish, publishing company at the Empire State Building in New York City. And Walter Hobbs is unaware of Buddy's existence, so so Walter Hobbs doesn't realize that he has a son, like and. And it's all, and to add insult to injury, um, Walter Hobbs is on the naughty list due to his selfishness. Due to his selfishness, like like Walter Hobbs is basically being a is basically selfish. Like like he care he like he cares more like he cares more about his his job rather than his family. Like like and and I'm pretty sure that's a thing in most in most uh, Christmas specials too. You know, like in. Uh, Christmas Carol, where um, 
Ebenezer Scrooge cares more about his job and mo and of course the money. I mean, obviously, yeah, sure, yes, that's true. I mean, you definitely need 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 a living, but the thing is, it can't be too can't can't be too greedy. Otherwise, um, otherwise, otherwise, the the greedy selfishness path that person's gonna go on will be will not be good. Will not be good for the rest of the life. Like Walter cares more about. Like Walter's pretty greedy. Well, I wouldn't say he's he's not. I mean, he's not as greedy as Scrooge, but but he cares more about his work than his actual family. And 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 um and then Santa and then Santa and then of course, but Santa suggests to Buddy that he that Buddy could help redeem his father with some Christmas spirit. And that's true. Like you know, everybody's gonna need a little spirit. A little Christmas spirit helps. Along the way to cheer things up, realize that hey, Christmas is that Christmas is definitely one of the most important times of the year. Like you know, to not it's not just about presents, Christmas trees or lights. It's about spending time with the family, and 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 I think that's a and I believe that's a good thing too, especially in this movie. Like Buddy really wants to like rekindle his wants to meet his father. So. Buddy decides to travel to New York, and before he leaves, he says goodbye to Santa, Papa Elf, and then of course um, the different uh, d d different characters, which is basically the stop motion characters that includes the uh, Arctic Puffin, the Arctic Puffin, who um, the Arctic Puffin, uh, baby wal the ba a baby wal walrus. And of course, and then of course, a polar bear cub. By the way, uh, the Arctic puffin and wal and walrus are being being voiced by John Favreau, and then the polar bear cub is being played by Ray Harryhausen. And another fun fact about Ray Harryhausen that um, Ray Ray Harryhausen has also been involved with stop motion animation as well, most notably with Jason and the Argonauts, uh, Clash, the original 1981 Clash of the Titans. And then, and then, and then, um, and then the Sin, the Sinbad, and then there's, and then a couple, and then a few other movies as, and then a few other movies as well. So, and and Ray Harryhausen has, been, as I mentioned, he's been involved in stop motion animation. So that is another callback because, because when I watched this, when I saw this movie, obviously Ray Bass specials, but also Ray Harryhausen as well. So that's that's also a good callback as well because Ray Harryhausen has done stop motion animation as well oh there's even oh there's even mr narwhal to which john favreau also played and mr narwhal was like bye buddy hope you find your dad then buddy was like thank thanks mr narwhal fine um yeah oh man but anyway moving forward like buddy travels tra like buddy buddy continues his adventure like he travels he was traveling, traveling on water, which is basically traveling on water on the on that uh, ice on that ice float, which is basically a call callback to uh, callback to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where uh, Rudolph was traveling on that ice raft to go back to his home, go back to his home, and then he walks through the Cane Cane Forest, and then through the through the mountains until then he went under the Lincoln Tunnel, and he arrives at New York City. Oh, oh, and he uh, gets into a fight with a raccoon. Yes, Buddy the Elf gets into a, a bit of a brawl with a raccoon. I hope it's not Rocket Raccoon, because uh, 
I hope it's not. I hope it's not Rocket Raccoon. I mean, obviously, even though um, this was this was John Favreau before he stepped into the Marvel universe. By the way, just to let y'all know, this is before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just to let everybody, just to let you all know, okay? And I mean, because obviously, Rocket Ra because Raccoon. I, I mean, could be Rocket Raccoon. Could be an early version of Rocket Raccoon. Just re realizing realizing uh, a strange elf is like. This guy, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Why is that guy dressed up like an elf? Why should I hug this elf? Like, Buddy was gonna hug this raccoon. This raccoon jumps up at Buddy's like, ah, screw this guy. And then Buddy's like, I just wanted a hug. But it's, it's a pretty funny moment. But anyway, um, Buddy arrives at New York. Buddy arrives at New York and and he starts to realize that New York is different than the North Pole. And even before Buddy left, like Santa warns Buddy that if you see gum on the street, leave it. It's not free candy. Unfortunately Buddy eats the gum off the off the streets. And then he tries to meet new people. Although <laughs> and then he he goes into a coffee shop, realizes that the coffee shop is basically the world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> it's pretty funny too. It's pretty funny. And then he and then he he enjoys a little joyride spinning around those spinning doors, you know those spinning doors that they spin around to enter and exit. Yeah, that was one of those doors. And Buddy Yell threw up after that. And, and then and then even he even he even thought Santa was there too, although it wasn't really Santa because there was a guy all dressed in red, had a beard, was walking across the street, and then Buddy thought the guy was Santa, although it wasn't Santa. And then Buddy ends up at the uh, Empire State Building where um, he was going to go up to um, see his see his father, Walter. Although he um, he does succeed getting up there. I mean, he even had to take an elevator trip up there and press all the buttons until he meets up with uh, one of Walter's uh, one of Walter's uh, assistants or one of Walter's. Uh, assistant or secretary named Deb who's being played by uh, Amy Sedaris and um and then uh, Deb was like Deb was surprised to meet Buddy and and she she was she was surprised she was happy <laughs> to see to see a to see an actual human elf <laughs> although Walter was not impressed because Walter doesn't realize that he had a son so so Walter mistakes Buddy for a Christmas gram which is basically a message that is delivered by um, by an artist in musical form, which is basically a singing telegram. And Buddy sings, and <laughs> it's a pretty sweet song. Like he's just basically he's just basically singing, singing to his to his to his uh, biological father, like that he's here, he found him, and he loves him. But Walter's like, huh. Well, that's something. <laughs> and Walter's Walter Hobbs is being played by James Conn, by the way, just to let, let you all know. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, uh, Walter's security um, um, ejects him from the building and tells Buddy to go to uh, Gimbel's department store, and um, and um, he 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 and he goes to the department store to check out the place and. Um, 
he he gets the and then he he is being spotted by uh one by the manager of Gimbals who tells him to um get back to work. He mistaken his buddy for like for being for an employee. He thought he buddy was an actual employee, but that um, ter- but that turned out to be not true because I mean he doesn't know that he doesn't. I mean buddy doesn't know that, but um but 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 you know buddy you know feel full of Christmas spirit like like. Like Buddy is happy while the manager not so much, but uh, the manager takes Buddy over to like to the North Pole section, even though Buddy doesn't think it's the North Pole. And then, um, and then uh, Buddy uh, starts to smile. He smiles at the manager, and the manager's like, "What are you doing?" And then Buddy's like, "I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite." And then the manager says, "Make work your favorite." Um, <laughs> uh, another classic line. And then, and then the manager tells the, all the customers in the in at Gimbal's department store, saying, "All right, folks, ten ten a.m. Santa Claus is coming to town." And then Buddy Buddy reacts, and then Buddy says, "Probably one of the most famous moments in this film is basically Santa. Oh my God! <laughs> I know him." I know him. I mean, come on. Like, when Buddy heard that, he, he freaks out. Like, he realizes that Santa is coming to town. It's a funny moment. It's a fun moment, too. Plus, another moment is when he meets uh, Joby for the first time. Like, like he he meets Joby, who's being played by uh, Zoe J- Deschanel, who is an unenthusiastic employee with whom he is instantly smitten. And then, um, and then Buddy, Buddy strikes a conversation with her. Like Buddy starts a conversation with her, and, and it's a pretty, pretty nice moment. Like, like, it seems as though Joby's realizing what Buddy's trying to do. Like Joby's like, like Joby's like, who is this guy? And then Buddy just like keeps on talking and talking. And then like, and then, uh, and then Buddy, then Buddy starts singing. I'm singing. I'm in the store. I'm singing. I'm in the store. Hey, there's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, there's not. We sing all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, oh, this movie's so good. This movie's so good. Buddy stays at the department store for an entire night just to um, just to decorate things a bit, make it more festive. Like it's it's actually the North Pole. He. He uses Legos. He takes out uh, pillow stuffings from pillows to like to just to like make it as if it was snow on top of the roofs. And of course, gingerbread houses as well. And then um, you know, setting up for you know, setting up. I mean, you know, setting up for for Santa's arrival. And then, um, and then of course we we get a scene where um, we get a scene where uh, Walter is at home with his uh, new wife and his son and his son like his his new wife is emily hobbs who's being played by mary steenburgen you may remember mary steenburgen from back to the future part three playing clara and of course um uh, walter's son michael hobbs is being played by daniel tay who is walter and emily's son and of course buddy's younger p- paternal half brother so um so just move forward so so Walter, um, 
So for a moment, like Walter takes like his takes his dinner to his room to work on other things, but also look at at an old picture from his yearbook because uh, it turns because it because Buddy revealed to Walter that Susan Wells, um, Susan like Susan Wells was like his first Susan Wells was Walter's first wife, and um, and Susan Wells like gave Buddy up for adoption before she passed away and then like this does strike Walter a bit too because he's starting to like have and like he's starting to like feel it feel feel something for a second like he's starting to like come to realize he started to come to real come to realization that buddy his buddy buddy is his is his biological son he's starting to come to realize that a little bit like he has like this feeling so it started to so he's starting to come to his realization a little bit Although, although, although he does come to realize that more and more later on in the movie. But uh, moving forward, um, Buddy slept overnight at Gimbal's, and and then he hears someone singing in the bathroom. Like, and I'm just like, oh boy, Buddy. Like, here's the thing, Buddy doesn't know. I mean, Buddy realizes that it's Joby who's in the bathroom singing because it turns out Buddy's a uh, Joby's apartment like. Her water at the apartment stopped running, which is basically like the the water for for the kitchen, for for the sinks and the showers at her apartment is stopped running. It, it got shut down. It got shut down in her apartment, which is probably explains why she went to Gimbal's shower in in the, in that moment in that moment. But she's singing "Baby, It's Cold Outside," and uh, Buddy the Elf also sings along to it too. But um. But but here's the thing, uh, buddy, buddy, uh, buddy. Um, let's be honest. I mean, it's it's a bit of a creepy scene. I mean, sure, yes, it's <laughs> it's an awkward it's an awkward scene. But knowing the fact that uh, buddy, buddy's new is basically new to to this to 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 all of this because buddy's been raised by elves. Up in the North Pole, he doesn't realize like he doesn't know much about the human world, the huge the human world. So, so he doesn't realize that. And then, and then of course, yes, he gets a reality check. He does get he gets a reality check after like Joe after Joby hears Buddy's voice, and then Joby tells Buddy to get out because obviously he's in the women's locker room. He he's in the women's locker room. That's where he's at. I mean. Buddy gets knocked out for a second, and then he sleeps in one of those like window cells, <laughs> window cell, you know those like window cells that you see, like the you know those like windows window displays, where um, like, he sleeps in one of those window displays for probably about forty five minutes because uh, Buddy Elf joke mentioned that he had a full forty five minutes of sleep in another scene later, but but um. But still, but even Walter Hobbs sees Buddy sleeping at this um, window display, and then Buddy was like, "Hey, it's my dad!" And then Walter's like, "Uh, hi." And then he leaves. <laughs> so later on, um, uh, so later on, Buddy is back. Buddy and all the other customers are basically back at Gimbal's, and then he sees Joby again, and Joby's like, "Hey, you! I want to talk to you." Like Joby tells tells Buddy, "Why were you in the women's locker room this morning?" And then because Buddy says, "I heard you sing," and then Joey says, "Uh, well, you didn't realize that it's the women's locker room, not the men's locker room." I mean, she says some, she says some, a few other things, but, but you, you know, you know, but you know. 
And then uh, then Joby's like, huh. Joby's like pretty impressed with the place that Buddy put together, even though, but that Buddy put together. And even the manager, too, even though the manager thought that it was too good. But, but hey, you know, you know. But anyway, but anyway, even, but anyway, uh, Buddy does give Joby a good compliment, saying that, that Joby's got a, very, got a good singing voice. And it's true. Joby has a very good sing, singing voice. And uh, another fun fact, another fun fact is that, um, Zoe Deschanel's singing was not in the original script, and John Favreau added it when he learned she was a singer. And that's true. Zoe Deschanel is an actual sit singer. Plus, Zoe Zoe Deschanel is an actual singer, and that's true. Yeah, and that's when Buddy starts singing in the middle of Santa Land at Gimbal's, and the lyrics were not scripted. That's when um. The lyrics were not scripted, and Will Ferrell improvised the song on the spot. So, so yes, so yes, yes, so yes. Will Ferrell did some improvisation. That was early on in the movie too, when uh, Buddy was at Gimbal's for the first time. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, Buddy does get into a little bit of trouble when he um when he finds out that Gimbal Santa is not. The real deal, because <laughs> because Buddy thought the real Santa Claus was going to be there, but no, it's not the it's not it's not the real Santa Claus. It's just some guy who's just some guy pretending to be Santa Claus. And Buddy was like, "Who the hell are you?" The fake Santa was like, oh, "I'm Santa Claus." <laughs> and then one of the most ridiculous questions I've heard from this movie is probably is not only ridiculous but memorable too. It's when Buddy says. Well, if you're him, then what song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? And then the Santa was like, well, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This movie's so good. This movie's so good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, so basically, basically... Buddy finds out that this is a fake Santa Claus because the fake Santa Claus sits on the throne of lies. <laughs> and he, he fights the guy, but unfortunately Buddy Buddy gets a but Buddy the the manager but unfortunately the manager breaks up the fight and then Buddy gets arrested later on and and he was able to make one phone call to none other none other than Walter Hobbs who reluctantly bails Buddy out of the police station and takes him in for a DNA test. And um and the doctor who does the DNA test is John Favreau, who um who who run who does like this little finger prick. Like you know those like little finger pricks, you know, you know, like for it's like one of those like blood tests where uh, where you get like a little finger prick and like and um and then like like the doctor takes a little bit of that blood just so you know like test it out just like test it out a little bit something like that if you know what I'm saying but this is like a DNA sample but this is like a little DNA test that the doctor is doing just so just so the doctor or Walter just so the doctor or Walter will know that Buddy is the biological son to Walter Hobbs and it and it confirms and it really confirms too but even before that um. But even before that, uh, Buddy Buddy eats some cotton balls, which is pretty funny. And then, 
he screams after he gets pricked in the finger and and another little fun fact too like James Khan actually broke character during that mo- during the moment when uh, Buddy screams like he can almost like 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 he turns his head away because he actually almost cracked up because when when Will Ferrell screams like uh, James Khan was cracking up. It was funny. It was funny. It was, it was a funny moment until it cuts to Buddy sitting in in the in the waiting room, getting his finger healed up with a cotton ball. <laughs> oh, so funny. And then, and then once uh, Walter realizes that uh, Buddy is his son, like he he couldn't believe his eyes because like. Walter knows that Buddy is insane, but the doctor is like he probably has those like childlike episodes that he's still do that he's still doing. You know, like 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 he's basically acting like a kid. Basically, if you know what I'm saying, like Buddy the Elf is basically acting like a kid, even though yes, he is a he's a he was an actual man raised by elves. So just to say, like he's he like that's probably probably why the doctor is like saying like he's probably still has the he's pro he's probably still in that state of childlike episodes. And the doctor um, convinces Walter to take Buddy home to meet his stepmother, Emily, and his half-brother, Michael. And um, Buddy's strange behavior annoys Walter and Michael, but Emily insists that they take care of him until he recovers. And what I mean by recover is basically uh, come to a realization that, you know, come to a realization that he is an actual human. Like, you know adapting the human world if you know what i'm saying as a normal human being like a uh, buddy has dinner with his uh with his um with his, his now family and he drinks an entire liter of coca-cola and then and then has a spaghetti with syrup and and then and then he he makes a a super loud burp which annoys Michael, and I also found out that uh, Buddy's belch after drinking a two a um, two liter bottle of Coca Cola was dubbed by a voice actor Maurice LaMarche, and, and and it's a very funny moment too. Like, you know, it's funny. Like some of these fun facts in this movie, like you don't even realize. Like there are moments in this movie you don't even realize that. That, like, it's improvised, it's dubbed, like, it's not written in the script. Like, Buddy's belch, basically him burping, was dubbed by voice actor Maurice LaMarche. And and the singing that Buddy did was improvised. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> there were moments where this film was, was off script, but still. So... Bunny the elf sleeps for the night, and um, he wakes up the next morning. Like he he wakes up the next morning. Like he makes um, leftover spaghetti for breakfast. Can't imagine uh, spaghetti for breakfast. I mean, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Like, and um, Buddy's um, stepmom tries it, and she she likes it. She asks if uh, Buddy had a good night's sleep, and Buddy's like, "Yeah, I did." I got a four forty-five. I got a four forty-five minutes, and I had enough time to build that rocking horse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't imagine. For, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's the sleep time for elves, but 
don't quote me on that, but I mean, don't quote me on that. I don't know. I don't know. If that's how elves sleep during the night, but still, but but you kind of get the gist. I mean, <laughs> you kind of get the gist. I guess I guess everybody has different sleeping hours. So uh, so yeah. Buddy's parents leave for work. Leave for work, and then um, Buddy's at the house. As Buddy's at the at the apartment, which is basically the apart apartment where Walter, Emily. Where basically where Walter, Walter, Emily, and Michael are living, like he's basically up in the place alone, like he's just, he's basically eating a dessert sp spaghetti dessert, like he makes like pop tarts, marshmallows, sprinkles, chocolate syrup. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> I mean, for an elf like for an elf like Buddy, he likes it because. For the elves, for the elves is revealed by Buddy that the elves stick to the four main groups: candy, candy canes, candy corns, syrup. But then later on, we get a scene where Walter meets up with um, his his actual boss, um, Fulton Greenway, the CEO of Greenway Green Greenway Press, who is not impressed with. Um, Walter's uh, story that he had because it turns out that the story he had is basically sloppy and then the, and then and then the numbers and then the numbers came and then the numbers came in came in with a very low rating which is basically a minus eight for the company and he was like minus eight that does not happen and then Walter comes to comes to realize this too and then and then um, Fulton. And then Fulton wanted to wanted Walter to pitch in a new book for the first quarter, and uh, he was and then Fulton was going to be back in town on the twenty fourth, which is Christmas Eve, and um, to to hear about this new book idea. And then Walter was like, well, 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 "Wait a minute, sir, that's Christmas Eve." And then Fulton was like, "And," and then Walter was like, uh, "No problem." Okay, this is another realization where. Walter was like, wait, wait, I mean, that's impossible. Why are we doing this on Christmas Eve? It's Christmas Eve. Like, now, this is, like, where Walter starts to realize this, too. Like, like Walter, Walter can't believe that Fulton was going to come back and to come back on Christmas Eve to talk more about this book. I mean, sure, yeah, I know there's going to be people who work on Christmas Eve, but, but Walter, I guess you could say that Walter starts to realize more and more that he should care more about his family than work but but he goes back to that whole work thing when he's when Fulton was like and and then Walter was like uh well no problem he confirmed that he could do it that he could do this pitch with Fulton on Christmas Eve and then later on uh, Buddy waits for Michael the entire day because uh, Michael walks out of school and then Buddy annoys Michael for a little for a little while until a snowball fight, until a snowball until a snowball a snowball fight happens and um, let's be honest, and then let's be honest, Buddy knows how to snowball fight like he takes out the bullies, one by one, with his fire powers with his snow power snowballs like he shoots them like a like a machine gun. And he nails, he nails them all one by one until one guy remains. And he throws a snowball so far and almost sounds like, sounds like a bomb that is falling. And then, and then it hits the guy from behind. 
and knocks him out. It's just, it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and then Michael's like, where did you say you were from? Because Buddy's from the North Pole. So Buddy and Michael uh, go go to Gimbal's to have fun, and then he meets up at the Santa's workshop for uh, at Gimbal's where he sees Joby again, and Joby's surprised too. Joby's surprised that Buddy is here, even though Buddy and the manager are basically on a um, no contact zone, basically a restraining order of some sort. And um, Joby and Buddy start to have a little conversation, and um, Buddy asks uh, Joby out on a date, and and it works, and, and it's actually a very nice moment because uh, Buddy was showing Joby around of what he's been doing, basically, um, uh, basically having Joby Joby drink this coffee from this coffee joint, basically called the world's best cup of coffee, <laughs> and Joby's like, it tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. It is a crappy cup of coffee. And then Buddy's like, no, it's the world's best cup of coffee. And then Buddy just basically goes into that spinning door again, and Joby's literally laughing. It's basically so funny. <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, Buddy and, um, Joby check out, check out different Christmas trees, with the last Christmas tree being at Rockefeller Center. One of the biggest Christmas trees you've ever seen at Rockefeller Center. Like, really beautiful, beautiful Christmas tree. At the Rockefeller Center, and what's also amazing too is is, is that there's this ice rink too, which to which uh, Joby and Buddy go on uh, go ice skating, and um, and uh, Joby and Buddy having a wonderful time. Although Walter doesn't really think that too, he thinks that Buddy is basically insane. Yeah, basically Buddy's insane. That's what Walter thinks. And then uh, Walter's. Uh, wife gave walter an idea to not you know like take buddy to work and walter does he takes buddy to work and he actually he actually sends buddy down to the mail room you know the mail room mail room mail all the all the envelopes and all the envelopes and packages you know kind of like similar to santa's workshop although the only difference is it's, 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 it's much gloomy than santa's workshop and buddy seems to enjoy it but he seems to enjoy it. He meets up with this one employee who is basically 26 years old, and he, he starts to become friends with. He accidentally drank uh, his liquor with coffee, to which he thought it was syrup. He starts hanging out with him, and then he goes in. Then he go. And then he decides to have a musical number with all the with all the other employees down the, down this mail room. This is so funny. And then upstairs, Walter and his co-workers. Eugene and Morris, like Eugene's being played by Kyle Gass of um, of Tenacious D, and then Annie Richter, like Annie Rick comedian Annie Richter, who play who played Mort in Mad in the Madagascar film. He meets this author who's a best selling children who's basically a chil a best selling children's off author named Miles Finch, and they named Miles Finch, and the, the, the co-workers even joked, joked the saying that he has written more books than Dr. Seuss, <laughs> which I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it's a movie. I get it, but I, which, it's a movie. I get it. I get it, but but that sounds, that sounds so biased, but, you know, it's a, it's a movie. You got to expand your disbelief, but still, it's a funny moment. And, and Miles Finch is being played by, by Peter Dinklage, and 
and Buddy the Elf like comes interrupts the meeting and mistakes Finch, who has dwarfism, and he thinks that Finch and his dwarfism size, like he thinks that that Finch is an actual elf. Oh my goodness! Like, like, like Buddy mistaken Finch for for an actual elf. Like he thinks, like he he keeps asking questions, like does Santa does Santa know that you, that you're here? Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get here? And then Finch was like, "Hey, Jack Wheat, I get more action in a week than you have ever had. I have houses in L.A., Paris, and many other locations throughout the world. Each one of them have." Each one of them has a 70-inch plasma screen TV. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. Feeling strong, my friend. Call me Elf one more time. You can definitely tell that Miles Finch is... <laughs> he's very offended at this point. Like, like, I, I, like at one point, like he's like... He, he he just shakes it off at one point like like he thinks uh buddy was being funny but once a uh, buddy keeps on going thinking that miles is like and miles finch is an actual elf like he loses his temper and just like goes off on buddy like he literally like like he literally threatens buddy to call to call miles finch elf one more time and buddy says he's an angry elf and then Miles Finch is like, "That's it." He he runs on the table and he just drop kicked on on Buddy. And he, Buddy was like, "Ow!" Like Buddy's Buddy's been in a snowball fight, but he's never done a hand to hand combat with a guy who is smaller than him. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this, this is a funny this is a funny scene. And then Miles Finch just like. He throws him on the table, too, and he threatens Buddy again to call him Elf one more time. He's like, call me Elf one more time. Call me Elf. And then Buddy just says, you're an Elf. Then Miles just, like, rolls him off the table and just, like, tosses him to the ground. And and a picture frame just comes comes off as well. And then Miles finishes, like, ah, screw this. I'm getting out of here. He leaves the office with his uh, with his jacket and I'm pretty sure the money that uh, Walter gave him as well because uh Miles Finch I'm pretty sure Miles Finch got paid for this too because because Walter called uh, Miles Finch to come on over to talk about uh, to talk about like to come up with a new book idea to pitch to pitch a new book idea but unfortunately with Miles Finch gone there there there's no there's no luck there's no luck for for Walter right there and then unfortunately once Miles Finch leaves Buddy, Buddy throws throws in this one liner. Must be a South Pole elf. Oof, oof, <laughs> ooh. Okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> okay, buddy. And then Walter, Walter loses his temper on Buddy too because Walter just lost the lost the guy to who's going to help Walter to write a new book to help come up with a new idea for his book. For, for a book, and then Walter tells, Walter disowns his own, his own biological son, because he tells Buddy, I don't care where you, I don't care where you go, I don't care if you're an elf, I don't care if you're nuts, I don't even care that you're my son, he literally, straight up, tells that to Buddy, his own biological son, that he hasn't seen since 1973, like, literally, 
Like, literally, he literally tells Buddy to, he literally disowns Buddy and tells him to leave. Buddy, who is so heartbroken, he writes an apology note on an Etch-A-Sketch and leaves Walter's apartment. And then, um, Walter feels, at this point, Walter, Walter's, like, done. Like, he, he even, he, he stays at his office throughout the, throughout the rest of the night, too. And, um, he, he, he lost his temper, so right now he's trying to cool himself, he's trying to cool himself down, trying to calm, trying to, he's trying to calm himself down from all of this madness that is going on. Like, he realized what he has done. Like, he completely disowns his own son. Like, like I said, like, he focuses more on work rather than his fam, rather than, like, his own family who is standing right who is standing right there? Like his, he he completely he completely focuses more on his work rather than his son. Like like his own biological son was right there, and he completely disowns him and tells him to leave. That is really sad. And then uh, later on, as Walter's trying to calm himself down, some of his coworkers uh, came in with Miles Finch's with, with Miles's notebook, like. Miles's notebook is full of genius ideas, and um, and this gets Walter to um, to cheer up a little bit. Like he, like it sounds like he's actually, like, like Walt, like, like Miles's notebook is full of ideas. Like, and Walter and his team scramble to create a book to pitch. So, like, a, a book idea to pitch, and and once Walter prepares to uh, pitch his book to Greenway. Uh, Mike, his son Michael arrives and informs Walter of Buddy's departure, and he was and Walter wasn't gonna. At first, Walter rejects rejects uh, his son's offer at first, but his son just like tells like his son tells him like Buddy cares about everybody, and all you care about is yourself. Like Walter cares more about himself rather than like his family and. And this is where Walter literally snaps out of it, realizing his mistake. And he asks his he asks the CEO Fulton. He asks he asks the CEO to like he he asks politely to um to his boss that um to he asks he asks his boss if we can like if they can reschedule the the pitch. But Fulton is like we don't have time to reschedule. We don't have time to reschedule. I want to hear. I want to hear the damn thing now. Like Bolton, like Bolton is very impatient, and like he's counting on Walter Hobbs to um to pitch this book idea, but but Walter desperately asks his boss, like, look, can can we do it another time? But Bolton threatens Walter, saying like, if you want to keep your job, you gonna pitch pitch me this book, and then Walter is like, well. Screw you. Up yours. <laughs> so Walter just quits. He walks out of his job. He he just he just quits. Walt's son Michael even said said the same thing too. He says, Yeah, up yours. So Michael and Walt leave the office to um to go to go find Buddy to go find Buddy, who is uh walking around town until he sees Santa Claus crashing into um central crashing crashing into Central Park attracting a large crowd 
Santa explains that the sleigh's engine is lost and cannot fly without Christmas spirit because the engine because the it can't fly because the sleigh can't fly without uh, Christmas spirit plus the engine as well. So like there's like two things going on. You got uh, the Christmas spirit and the engine that helps uh, move Santa's sleigh. Well, plus the reindeers too. I mean, you gotta have the reindeers as well. But he finally sees Santa, the real Santa, not the not the Santa that sat on the throne of lies at Gimbal's. But um, but he's happy. But he's happy to see Santa, and Santa's happy as well. Like like Santa orders Buddy to um. Go find the engine. And at first, Buddy rejects the offer, but Santa's like, Buddy, you are more than enough than I can ever imagine. Now, go find that engine. Go help. Save Christmas. Go, Mr. Elf! Like, Buddy walks around this, walks around the park just to find the engine, just to find the engine. Until, until then, until, until the engine was found by uh, Walter and Michael, and Buddy was like, Hey, you found it! And uh, Michael is excited to see Buddy, and then Walter, at first uncomfortable at first, but he, um, he and Buddy like, he and Buddy rekindle and reconcile with each other. Walter, Buddy was like, I have something to tell you, but Walter's like, Buddy, there's something I need to tell you right now. Like Walter apologizes to Buddy, like, like he he didn't mean for what he said. He didn't mean for what he said. Like he was he was caring more about himself rather than like. Than like what's that rather than what's what's right in front of him, his family, and he apologize he apologized to Buddy and he tells him that Walter loves his son Buddy and both Buddy and Walter hug each other hug hug each other. So he he finally accepts Buddy like Walter finally accepts Buddy as his son, and 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 from there on Buddy takes Michael and his father Walter to meet Santa. And uh, during that time, Michael takes a look at Santa's list. He realizes that uh, like he takes Santa's list to to a to a to a, to, a, to one of the news reporters who's reporting on the on the story of, of the of the of Santa's sleigh crashing even though the news reporter doesn't seem to believe it at first, but some some people were some of the kids thought one of the kids thought it was Santa's sleigh, which which is true, which is real true. And then, um, and then of course, uh, Joby, Joby sees it all too. Like Joby sees saw Buddy on TV walking into Central Park looking for looking looking for Santa and that and that um, and that engine. Although news the news story says it's, there seems to be a stranger dressed as an elf walking into Central Park. And then Joby's like, oh my goodness! So Joby leaves her apartment and um, and goes out and finds Michael who finds Michael who is like. Who is like naming off the list of people, naming off the list of people who wanted gifts for Christmas, and then the news reporter cut cut the story cut the story off, like like she doesn't want to she like this news like this news reporter doesn't want to hear any of any of this like this news reporter is like no can we cut please can we cut to black like the whole the whole story cuts to black and Michael's like hey turn the cameras back on but the news reporter denies leaves and then um. Jovi and uh, Michael's mom shows up too, and um, and and the thing and Michael tells them both. Michael tells them both that um, that Santa's in the park. Santa's sleigh couldn't fly because there's no Christmas spirit. So um, this gives Jovi an idea to sing because 
Uh, the quote that Buddy's seeing, the boat, the quote that Buddy said is, uh, th th and this was also mentioned in the beginning of the movie too, because one of the one of the codes of the elves is, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And Jovi remembers Buddy saying that to to her at Gimbal's in the movie, so she, so she decides to, uh, sing Santa Claus is coming to town raising enough Christmas spirit to fully power the sleigh without the engine. Now, uh, just to give him more context, like, Santa Santa has another problem, too, because there are Central Park Rangers coming coming after Santa because uh, uh, Santa put the Park Rangers on the, naughty, on the naughty list because they were angry at Santa for place. Well, they were angry for placing Santa on the naughty list, and the... Um, the, the park rangers are chasing the sleigh as Buddy tries to reattach the engine. Although, he successfully does that, but unfortunately the engine comes off after a first attempt at flying, which hits which hits a fountain. The engine is gone, and and there's only a little bit of Christmas spirit left. Probably about um, halfway through, probably about halfway through, I guess, from my point of view. So, um, everybody starts singing along to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Even Walter himself. Like, Walter was the last man standing to, like, bring in Christmas spirit. So, like, he was the last man standing. And he does it with his wife and son, Michael. And he sings the last few lyrics. And it was enough to send the Christmas spirit power to 100%. Just so the sleigh can fly. And... And, and from that point, Buddy and Santa are heading back to the North Pole. And of course, that was the adventure right there. So, by the following Christmas, Buddy writes a book about his life, which became a bestseller that allows, that allows Walter to establish his own publishing company. And, of course, the book was Elf, which was written by Buddy himself. And he reads it to, to, uh, he reads, he reads it to kids at a, uh, what, what, what I'm pretty sure is a bookstore, I believe it is, uh, which I'm pretty sure the books, he reads it to a bunch of kids at a bookstore, and it's a beautiful story, it's a very beautiful story, and then of course, um, Buddy also got, Buddy and his, uh, family, uh, all celebrate, all celebrate Christmas, opening gifts, uh, Joby even sings while, uh, Walter plays, plays piano, which is, which he does a good job, by the way, he, he, he really knows how to play piano, and, Buddy gets a Christmas gift of maple syrup, and <laughs> it's just so funny. It's so funny. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's so funny and cute too. Like he got, he got, finally got maple syrup. And then of course, um, Buddy marries Jovi and brings their newborn, their newborn daughter Susie to visit Papa Elf, and. And that's basically it. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of Elf. And that's really it. That's the end of Elf. That's how the movie ends. So, so anyway, so anyway, that's the end of the movie. And I gotta be honest with you, like, I still love this movie. Well, it's not the best Christmas movie, but it is one of the best Christmas movies out there. And this movie really holds up. Like, Will Ferrell does an amazing job playing uh, Buddy the Elf. And many people are go are going to remember Will Ferrell for his role of Buddy the Elf. And sure, yes, he has done other movie and TV roles as well. And of course, this is him this was him coming off of Saturday Night Live as well. 
So at the very least, he he knew what he was do- he knew he was what he was doing. John Favreau did a fantastic job directing this movie too. I mean, it's also I mean I can't believe this movie was going to have a darker tone, but I'm glad the changes there were changes made to make it more lighthearted and fun too. Like like there are Christmas movies where they do go for a darker tone. Like you know, like Christmas, like a Christmas car- like a Christmas Carol, and then probably a few other Christmas stories as well. But but even some of those films, they do have a happy ending. And some of those films where they do have a darker tone, but they know, but but at the very least, there could be some, there is a silver lining at the end. But this one, on the other hand, it it was lighthearted. It was lighthearted. It was fun and fun. It it was lighthearted. It was fun and of course memorable to watch as well. Like the cast did a very the cast did a very good job. James Conn did did a good job too. Everybody involved in this movie did a fantastic job. The story was fun. The story was fun. The direction was good. I mean, I love like some of the some of the I love some of the callback. I love some of the callback some of the callbacks to the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, most notably in the beginning of the movie, particularly like with the stop motion animation sequences. And that's pretty and that's pretty good and that's pretty good. I mean. There's not much to say. There's not much. To, there's not much to say, and I'm just gonna say this. I believe Elf is still one of the best Christmas movies out there. So anyway, that's a wrap on this episode. So, so to ask all of you who are listening to this episode, what did you guys think of the movie Elf? Did you like the movie? Did you not like the movie? Did you thought the movie was okay? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. So, anyway, that's a wrap on this episode. And Kodo Cinema Christmas Month has just begun. So, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.